the most dangerous negotiation is one you don't know you're in. And I think every business person is probably in two to three negotiations each and every day. Happens all the time. The Online Marketing Show with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Show. I'm your host, Joey Bushnell. Uh, today we have a very special guest on the line. His name is Chris Voss. Chris is the author of the book, Never Split the Difference, Negotiating as if Your Life Depended on It. Chris is also a former FBI hostage negotiator, so he really does know a thing or two about the art of negotiation. Uh, and today, he is here to help us learn how to be better negotiators in business. Chris, thank you very much for being with me today. Yeah, my pleasure. Happy to be here. Chris, how did you come to write the book? You know, well, it was all started when I talked to King Solomon about what to do over two women's argument over a baby. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, um, I, I was the FBI's lead international kidnapping negotiator. And my whole time as a hostage negotiator and crisis intervention, my thought was, you know, why should only terrorists benefit from this great style of communication? Mm -hmm. uh, people have to deal with terrorists. So. When I, when I left the Bureau, I, I had the opportunity. Uh, I went through Harvard Law School's negotiation course. I ended up teaching there. And I wanted to make sure that we had a whole system of how to apply a hostage negotiation to business negotiation. And I taught in business schools for a couple of years. And when, when I felt like we had the system, and I, you know, I, I represent sort of a team of thinkers. You know, we wrote the book, and uh, the title ended up being Never Split the Difference because, you know, after all, what's a hostage negotiator going to do? You know, I'll take two hostages, you keep two, and we'll call it a day. It's not really going to work, right? Well, the other one I always imagine, like, if you got to split up hostages, like, does somebody have to take the tall, skinny one, the other one gets the short, fat one? I mean, how do you work that out? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about negotiation. I think everyone probably has their, their own understanding of what negotiation is, but I'm interested to know how you would define negotiation. Well, negotiation is, uh, you know, we're going to be collaborative whether you like it or not. <laughs> okay. No, it's got, it's, got to be, it's got to be a collaborative process mm -hmm. um, it, because you're going to deal with the other person. I mean, I don't, I, I don't believe in two things. I don't, uh, three maybe. I don't believe there's any such thing as a one-off. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's always a team on the other side. And I don't believe in lying. Um, if you talk to somebody about something once, you're going to talk to them again. I mean, even a used car dealer, you know, and everybody wants to know how to buy, how to, how to do a better job buying a car. But uh, even if you get a great price on a car, you're going back to that dealer either for repairs or to buy another car, or if the car was a lemon and you got to take it back to them. So, you know, there just aren't any one-offs. There just aren't. We wish there were, but, uh, you know, we, we got we to pay for the consequences of our deal. That doesn't mean that we have to give in. That just means that we do a better job of treating people so that they want to deal with us the next time they see us, which means we make money every time around. Um, so, you know, that's one of those things. Hostage negotiators actually have repeat customers. Could you imagine that? <laughs> I didn't know that, actually. Because if a guy takes hostages and he lives, 
Mm-hmm. He's learned that he can take hostages and live. And either he's going to do it again uh, because he got a short sentence. If the hostage negotiator did a good job and hostage negotiators tend to do a good job, then nobody got hurt. And if nobody got hurt, if he if he goes to jail, he's not going to go to jail for long. I, I negotiated uh, the first major siege that I was involved in, Chase Manhattan Bank robbery, back in the dark ages, 1993, before the internet, before <laughs> cell phones. But, uh, you know... Two guys took hostages in a bank. Uh, They had a getaway driver. The getaway driver got away with just a conviction and no jail time. One of the guys inside, who was not the leader, got four years. And uh, the ringleader, who actually did uh, hit the uh, couple of female hostages in the head with a gun, he just got 12 years. You know, so that guy's back out on the street. And who knows, he probably, if he, with time, time, if he behaved himself, you know, he got time off for good behavior, he was out even sooner. So this guy got taught he could take hostages. If he, if he runs into another hostage negotiator, if I lied to him the first time, the other hostage negotiator has to pay for it. So mm-hmm. we get re- repeat customers and we don't lie. But, you know, and, and I don't believe in lying in business either because the other side's going to find you out. And there's a lot of lying, unfortunately. Yeah, Absolutely. You mentioned there the word business, um, and so let's go down that route, Chris, because the listeners of this podcast, hopefully they'll never have to deal with something quite as as serious as a hostage situation, but I'm pretty sure during the course of running a business, they are going to encounter certain situations where uh, negotiation is important. So what are some typical situations that business people might find themselves needing good negotiation? Well, I mean, anytime the word yes is involved, you're in a negotiation. Okay. Anytime you're thinking, I want, you're mm-hmm. in a negotiation. It's not always o- over money. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's most often, uh, it's always over time. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to do this? When are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, what can I expect from you? Yeah. Are, are you going to stand by what you said you did? You know, are you deceiving me and how can I figure that out? Are you afraid of me and you're scared to tell me something and how can I figure that out? I mean, so I, uh, the most dangerous negotiation is one you don't know you're in. And I think every business person is probably in two to three negotiations each and every day. Happens all the time. It's a good point that not always um, is negotiation in business about a deal or um, receiving money. That is just that is just one form of negotiation in business. You know, you've actually got me thinking there, Chris, that actually there are plenty of times throughout my day um, as I'm running my business that I am in, in some kind of situation where I'm re- requesting a, a yes from someone. Um, so thank you very much for giving that that insight and that distinction there. So we've discussed um, what negotiation is and um, and also how it applies in business. So let's talk about how we can actually be better at it. Can you give us a few tips on how to become a better negotiator? Well, yeah, really, there's, there's kind of three hacks that I talk about a lot. Okay. You know, and a hack is a little more than flipping a switch. A, a hack is maybe a 30-second investment of your time that may send you, save you anywhere from 5 to 25 minutes. But you got to put that 30 seconds in. Mm-hmm. And one of those is, I need to get a that's right out of you. And I need to summarize what the facts are and how you feel about the facts, especially if I don't like the way that you feel. If, I, if you think that I'm a bully, if you think I'm demanding, I'm going to say, you know, you've been working really hard here. You feel unappreciative and it feels to you like I'm very demanding. And what I'm trying to do is I'm, try, I'm trying to get a that's right out of you. 
Now that that's only going to probably take me 30 seconds, minute and a half max. Mm-hmm. If I get it, that's right out of you. It's actually the old uh, advice we everybody got from Stephen Covey that said, seek first, understand, then be understood. I get it, that's right out of you. The barriers drop. You feel understood. You're willing to listen to me and you're actually willing to be guided by me. Um, the worst thing you can get in a negotiation is when somebody looks at you and says, you're right. Because that's what they say to you to try to get, get you to leave them alone. <laughs> that's what you say to people to get them to shut up and go away. You say, you're right. Mm-hmm. Please say you're right to bosses all the time. Uh, husbands say you're right to wives <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's that's one of the biggest problems. People mistake your right for agreement when it really is fake agreement. Please go away. So you know, I, I one of the one of the big things, you know, take thirty seconds and get the other side to say that's right. That's a hack. Um, stop trying to get people to say yes. Instead, get them to say no. Real simple example: like nobody that works for me ever calls anybody on the phone and says, "Have you got a few minutes to talk?" We always say, "Is now a bad time?" <laughs> yeah. That's just that's just a uh, that's a two millimeter shift that makes a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Instead of uh, me saying, uh, "Could I get you to do this?" I say, "Is this a ridiculous idea? Would it be impossible?" You know, I'm using no as a hack because no makes people feel safe and in control. It gets them focused, and people are more likely to comply with what you want when they feel in control. Mm-hmm. So I use, I use no all the time to move things forward very quickly. A lot of people, if the only thing they remember is they learn how to change yeses to nos and get what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's another big thing. And then the, the other thing that we like to see people do a lot is actually let the other side talk first. Um, the, you know, you don't know how, where somebody's coming from if you don't let them talk first. And there's some really bad advice out there that says make sure – that the person you're talking to knows where you're coming from. So what that ends up is two people intent on getting the other person to listen, which means two people who are intent on not listening. So let the other guy go first, get a that's right out of him, and you'll kind of be stunned at how quickly things move ahead in a positive direction. Chris, this is absolutely fascinating stuff. Is this easy to apply, or or does this take a little bit of time to get used to and to practice and, and get good at this? Um, it's easier than most people think. Okay. Um, it takes, I I was listening to a a former blue angel pilot give a speech not too long ago. Guy named John Foley, fascinating dude talking about what it takes to develop a new habit. He said he'd been to a lot of uh, brain experts and they said, and they said, you know, roughly 65 or 66 repetitions 65 or 66 tries of doing something, it'll wear a groove in your brain. You know, it actually creates new electrical connections. So, you know, what you try, you try to get 67 that's rights and it's going to be six, second nature. How many that's rights does it get? Three to four, do it three to four times a day. Or instead of making a point, you try to get a that's right out of somebody. You do it three to four times a day. In about three weeks, you will have built a monstrously effective habit. That's why also there's some, there's some information out there that says it takes three weeks to build a habit. Well, three weeks with about 65 to 67 tries at something, 
<laughs> and you, you kind of got it down. That's why those two sort of line up. So it takes a little bit of effort to do this, but um, not as much as most people think. And actually, the very hardest time to do it is the first time. And it gets because of the way the electrical circuitry works in the brain. Each and every try thereafter gets easier. And so, yeah, you know, you want to you want to negotiate better than anybody else does. It's going to take you about three weeks to get there. You're going to spend that three weeks anyway. You can spend it getting better at negotiation. Or you can spend it spinning your wheels. Yeah, agreed. My next question is, how can we build trust and rapport with the person that we are negotiating with? Yeah, it's crazy. Exactly the same way. Let's get back to Covey's advice. Mm-hmm. Seek first to understand, then be understood. There's getting a that's right out of somebody is actually, it triggers what we call uh, forced empathy. It creates the empathy bridge. When somebody says that's right to you, what they're doing is they're confirming that they feel empathy from you. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a tactical application. This isn't your grandfather's empathy. This isn't your therapist's empathy. This is military-grade empathy. This is weapons-grade empathy for business. We're not joking around here. You know, we're trying to get what we want. What happens from empathy? Trust and rapport. Mm-hmm. That's how you build it. When somebody looks at you and says, that's right to you, they've just told you in some and substance, wow, I feel this great rapport with you right now. And that's, how, that's one of the reasons why it's so effective. How important is emotional intelligence when it comes to being a successful negotiator? And in what way should we be using emotions or being aware of emotions during negotiation? You know, that's a great question. I think that emotional intelligence is probably only as important to negotiation as words are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Very important. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, how you know, it, it's insane to think that you can negotiate well without emotional intelligence. That's 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 utter insanity, you know. And thank God that it's become such an important phrase and a hallmark of success in business today. I mean, I, uh, I I teach at the University of Southern California. I had a guest speaker in last night, old friend of mine. He's the head of country for an international bank. He's the head of their United States operation. They specialize in supply chain management in a Pacific Rim. He hires for emotional intelligence, you know, and he has, and he retains people over emotional intelligence and his successful employees, all based on emotional intelligence. And he sees, he sees the um, non-successful executives and everybody that works for the non-successful executives, what they're good at is memorizing the answers he wants to hear, which is like, that's not a challenge of emotional intelligence. That's an indicator of can you, can you memorize answers? Hmm. And those people don't get anything done. You know, this, this friend of mine who, who really focuses on the emotional intelligence of his team and his people, he's actually more than doubled his division's profits for the bank since he's been there and he hasn't been there that long. So emotional intelligence is making him and his uh, employees wealthy. So how does that come into negotiation then? And also what if we feel that we are lacking in this department? If, if we feel that 
emotional intelligence isn't necessarily our strong point. Is there a way to strengthen our emotional intelligence? Yeah, it's it's real easy. And um, the good news is if you feel your emotional intelligence is lacking, that's great news. Because mm-hmm. then however you success, successful you've been up to now, you got tremendous upside. Because mm-hmm. you, you, you've got some success without it. Your uh, emotional intelligence is a force multiplier of your success. And so you, you got nowhere to go but up and, and nothing but great gains to make. Another contrast, too, is um, the difference between emotional intelligence, EQ, and your intellectual quotient or your IQ is your IQ is fixed. Like I, my whole life, I wanted to be an NBA basketball player and I wanted to be six feet, seven inches tall. <laughs> and I did nothing but guzzle milk <laughs> my whole life. Now, although I am two inches taller than my father, I only got to be six feet tall. Mm-hmm. My IQ and my height are both limited. There's only, no matter how much milk I drank, I was only going to be six feet tall. No matter how many times I play with that stupid Rubik's Cube or how many chess games I play, it ain't going to raise my IQ. Your EQ, on the other hand, is kind of unlimited. Mm-hmm. And it comes to you really fast with practice. And there's real good data out there that now that indicates we can con- continue to increase our EQ, I mean, through and past our mid-80s. How do you get good at it? There's a great exercise that uh, my company teaches, what we call the cold read. And it's when we walk into a situation, we just verbalize what our read of the situation is or how you're likely to be feeling. Okay. And every time you do that, you get better at it. You walk up to a customer service representative or let's say you walk into the airport and you look at the clerk at the airline counter and you look at the, you watch the interaction they had just before you while you're standing in line and you look at the look on their face and you walk up to them and you either say long day (laughs) or you look like you're enjoying yourself today. Whichever one of those is the read of the body language. And they're going to love it because you've been the first of all, you're the first person to walk up, start making demands. You made an observation about them. And even if you're wrong, they'll like, I've looked at somebody and I've said, and I clearly, it's been a long day for them. And I've gone a long day. And you can see them physically brighten up and they'll go, no, 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 no. You know what? Everything's fine. How can I help you? And they knock themselves out helping me. So the more you try to read and articulate a situation walking into it, here's how good you're going to get. One of the students in my class at Georgetown, I teach there too, who practices cold reads on everybody she sees. She's doing it with a cab driver one day, and he turns around and looks at her and he says, do you know my wife? (laughs) (laughs) Because with practice, you've just gotten so good at it. And that's, that's just emotional intelligence. And it's fun to do in all your, you know, your everyday interactions. And what it does is make you super sharp in your negotiations. You said there about reading people in um, face-to-face situations. Can that also be done on the phone as well? Um, the reason I mention it is because a lot of the people listening to this call might be people that sell in some format on the phone. So can we read people by their voice? You can you can read them by their voice. The the smarter thing to do, the pre work is first take a read of the situation. 
Like I guarantee you any customer service person that you talk in any industry before they speak to you has been yelled at eight times by an irate person. Mm -hmm. That's the nature of a customer service person. Mm -hmm. Now I was on a phone with an airline person. I had two conversations with two different airline reps on the same trip on my way out to New York and on my way back on my way out. I just went ahead and went like, as soon as they answered the phone, I said, boy, I got to tell you, it has to have been a long day for you. I bet 25 people have yelled at you today, and you are the hardest working person in your entire airline. You people on customer service are the most underappreciated people by your bosses. Now, bear in mind that this customer service person hadn't said a word mm-hmm. yet other than hello. She starts to laugh, and she ends up knocking herself out, and I end up in business class because <laughs> she jumped me on several lines. Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying to get in business class on the way back again. Only this time I decide I'm going to wait and hear how the person sounds. And I'm going to talk to her a little bit before I start read. And I'm going to read her voice. And she is bright and cheery and happy go lucky sounding. And about three quarters of the way through the conversation, I realized that she was a very angry person who was fed up with customers. Mm-hmm. And one of her coping mechanisms was to have this happy-go-lucky sounding voice all the time, which I didn't, and I, I couldn't get that off of her read. So, you know, the moral of the story is some people will put up a barrier to protect themselves and you read the barrier, you're not reading the person. Mm-hmm. So you'll go much faster if based on the circumstances, especially on a phone call, if you're calling customer service, that you know the real title of their job is complaint department, mm-hmm. or you know they've been beat up already. Just go ahead and read the read, do a read of the situation, and and you'll be stunned at how much they appreciate. It. Chris, there's something um, in the news that happened recently. Um, there was a doctor on an airplane on uh, United uh, Airlines, I believe, and um, he got forced off the plane in a very aggressive manner and you know the kind of the whole situation blew up and went viral um, on social media and on mainstream news and everything so I'm just sitting here listening to this and I'm thinking I wish Chris was there um, to talk that that guy off the plane because um, probably there would have been you know you would have done a much better job and there would have been a whole different outcome probably a much more peaceful outcome I would imagine. Yeah, well, I got to tell you, um, he's one of the few people in America that I envy today because that guy's lawsuit, mm-hmm. notoriety's, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to have that. <laughs> I've, I've read a couple of articles about the front print of what the airline can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry for what happened to him, mm-hmm. uh, but he, he deservedly so, the airline is going to have to make it up to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was, I mean, there was so many things where people refused to read the situation wrong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and I'm not pointing my fingers at my finger at the doctor that, that, that got forcibly removed from a plane by a tone deaf bunch of personnel. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm stunned at what happened, um, mm-hmm. which could have been so much more simply avoided. I mean, people going... You know, what we used to say in law enforcement, going to guns right away. And in the business world, it's, you know, threatening to use your lawyer, threatening to have somebody out. I mean, you, you, nobody has to go to guns that quickly. Mm-hmm. It could have been so simply uh, uh, avoided. 
Um, I'm just stunned at the lack of, of communication that took place in that entire interaction. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's totally unnecessary. Um, Chris, I'm even thinking about the world stage here and how um, countries negotiate and deal with one another. Um, you know, wars and conflicts happen um, around the world all the time. And basically, I'm just thinking that there are all kinds of situations as uh, as business owners, just in everyday life, where, you know, with a bit of a different approach, people could get much better outcomes, not just for themselves, but for the other party as well. Because often when negotiation goes really badly, both sides lose out. Um, so, you know, this stuff is very, very important. And we've talked a lot about negotiation today, but there is a whole lot more to come from you, um, especially in your book. There's a lot more. So could you let us know where we can go to find out more about you? Also, if you have a website and also where can we go to buy your book? Yeah, happy to. All right. So Amazon still has the best price for buying a book. I mean, you got you got to admire Amazon um, <laughs> yep. and their, their ability to get the, get the prices down. Now, um, two places to go. Uh, the absolute best thing to do is... Uh, I'm guessing you can sign up for our newsletter, The Edge, which is a once a week complimentary short article on tips on how to get better on negotiation today. You can absorb it real quickly. It's free. You know, I had a colleague that used to say, if it's free, I'll take three. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, you know, the Edge, an easy way to sign up for The Edge is to text the words, that's right, T-H-A-T-S-R-I-G-H-T, with no apostrophe and no spaces, just as if it was all one word. T-H-A-T-S-R-I-G-H-T to the number 22828. And that number again is 22828. Again, no apostrophe, no spaces. That, 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 then you'll get the opportunity to sign up for the newsletter. We do training around the country, open enrollment training. The website is blackswanltd.com, B-L-A-C-K-S-W-A-N-L-T-D.com. Uh, the newsletter will also take you there, and we've got uh, a number of things that we give away for free. And we've got another a number of different ways, types of training material that there's a fee for also. Um, and you, you put together the stuff that we give away for free, and you put together some of the stuff that is well worth the investment, and you make a big difference in your life. Brilliant. Well, I personally absolutely love the book, and so I highly recommend going out and buying it and uh, and reading it and start applying the principles um, in the book. And on that note, we will bring today's call to an end. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you found it really valuable. If you did, please take the time to write us a review on iTunes. By doing that, it really helps to increase our ratings and get the show out to more people. Finally, uh, Chris, a big thanks to you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure talking to you. The Online Marketing Show with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.